0: This is Small Business Stories, presented by the team at Offix. Each episode, we connect you to other entrepreneurs and small business owners. You'll hear tips and tactics from other businesses just like yours so that you can continue to run and grow your operation. Small Business Stories is hosted by me, Caitlin Fitzpatrick. Today on Small Business Stories, we're talking with Chad Dunham, founder and owner of Third Coast Coding. All right. Nice to have you here, Chad. Nice to be here. So I just kind of wanted to get started and maybe tell me a little bit about, um, you can kind of give an intro for yourself and for Third Coast Coding.
1: Sure, yeah. So uh, I moved to Chicago in 2005 to start Third Coast Coding. Um, actually, at that time, I was uh, it was me and a, uh, my business partner who has now moved on to do other things. Um, but we do mostly web-based uh, uh, custom software for our customers. Um, we do other types of things that, uh, you know, integrate with uh, – other platforms that those customers use, but most of it, um, you know, it's all web-based or also for small businesses. Uh, I think some of our larger customers are maybe closer to 80 to 100 employees. But um, and typically most of the software is all used for internal purposes, uh, not so much of, you know, um, you know, general public consumption or anything like that. It's more like, you know, b- actual business systems that our customers mm-hmm. uh, use on a day-to-day basis.
0: Got it. So you're not the guy sitting frantically typing the code in, you know, in the action movie where they're like, I'm hacked. Got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, it's uh, like most stuff in Hollywood, it's not really the way it actually is, but it's, it is interesting, especially friends that are not or that are also technical but don't do um, software development. And even watching like uh, some of the, um, you know, I forget what some of the ones off like Amazon or Netflix, but. A lot of those shows, yeah. I mean, there's there's probably some truth to it, but not from my experience. No, so.
0: <laughs> not as high-octane as they make it seem. <laughs>
1: oh, I mean, the you know, the late-night stuff and, like, you know, especially when I was younger, like, uh, so, I mean, you know, I've been doing this since 2005, like I said, so about 15 years. The, um, you know, yeah, so 15 years ago, yeah, I, you know, I would stay up a lot later than I do now. But, uh, yeah, that's part that part's probably true, um, but the... Uh, the whole, like, blinking lights and, and other things, yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit more, um, you know, time effort than what, you know, sometimes, you, like, you just, like, it's not just, like, over one night, it's like, over, like, you know, it's still, like, anything in business, it takes you back and forth with customers and stuff like that, rather than just all of a sudden you have mm-hmm. some, you know, brains, like, you know, something that just jumps out at you over one night, kind mm-hmm. of thing.
0: Got it. All right. Great. Um, So you said you started Third Coast Coding with a partner. What was kind of your mission going into it when you started?
1: Well, um, it kind of has evolved a little bit over time. I mean, what we were first kind of doing was um, he had some clients that he uh, knew up here. And so basically I moved from Cincinnati to Chicago that year, you know, specifically to work with him. And so that's why we kind of started that business at that time and, you know, kind of to facilitate the customers that he already had. With that, um, you know, a lot of that has kind of grown um, in, the, like, the types of customers that we've worked with has uh, not necessarily changed over the time, but it's also just kind of – it's the consulting kind of realm still. So it's a lot of, like, uh, you know, kind of the sales bit of it too. So it's the – you know, there's – but there wasn't really any, like, particular, like, product or service that we were kind of providing. It was more just the – the ability that we have to, you know, talk with our customers and then figure out, you know, what kind of solutions would work best for them.
0: All right. Great. So who are some of, uh, like, an example of a good customer for you guys?
1: So we uh, we have our main two customers or kind of facility or kind of uh, industries that they're in is either finance, um, which is one of our larger customers. We do um, some work with, you uh, uh, like different what used to be broker-dealers at the Chicago Stock Exchange um, and then some people down at CBOE and then also some people La- LaSalle Street in general has a lot of financial stuff in Chicago and that, that's where we we used to have office space down there and um, you know, that's where you know we have a lot of word of mouth and kind of back and forth. The other customer that we or have is um, in the construction industry which is not very similar to the finance in general but you know, it's the same kind of – a lot of the same kind of actual issues that they need to be able to do on reporting and data and, and tracking of things. Um, so, and those, those guys, um, you know, I actually know the, they're the, – it's a family business that's been in Chicago for over 100 years. And I went to school or actually college with a buddy um, whose uh, family owns that business. So, we – you know, I actually been working with him actually before I even moved to Chicago. And then and, and since then – some of the software that we have, we've actually white labeled for their business, and now we're trying to sell it. That so that that part is actually you know something that is start is more of a service kind of thing that we're trying to sell to other similar type businesses that that are like them. But really, is actually started since January, and of course with COVID, you know some of the uh, especially conferences that we were scheduled to go through this year all you know all get all get canceled. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. As it happens. Have you noticed any other differences? I mean, I feel like your uh, specialty is kind of online, so kind of helps a little bit. But like you're saying, the conferences, you can't attend anymore. How has business kind of changed with COVID-19?
1: Well, especially for the financial side of things or, you know, financial companies. I mean, for me, it's been pretty fortunate because it's been very busy. Um, but But, you know, more on like kind of the part that I was hoping to grow this year has been, you know, a little bit more challenging to like reach out to customers or potential customers for that, for that uh, software as a service kind of uh, platform that we're trying to market. Uh, And so, you know, it's kind of like, it's been a lot of uh, more focusing on our existing customers, you know, which is good because, you know, we have good relationships with those people and they've been busy, um, which has been fortunate. But, you know, uh, it definitely wasn't the 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 last eight months that I kind of was expecting, like most people. So yeah,
0: yeah. But it seems like you've really been able to kind of keep going in the same pace and at least something similar. Um, and I would I will say you are one of the first people I ever saw in this office, and you are the most consistent tenant I've seen. <laughs> so you're definitely putting in the work. I know that for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's one of those things. I you know, since I've been up here, I've always had the, the need for an office space. Um, So, you know, 15 years uh, and I did do the work from home thing for a couple of years, which, you know, is a good way to start out because it is, you know, there is a financial commitment for, you know, running space. But realistically, I, I, I personally find even back then that it's just, you know, there's too much, you know, too much stuff in your house. And it's not really it's not my choice. I would rather rent in general and yeah I mean I've been here of office since what last october mm-hmm. and yeah. you know it and it's a great space and you know it's uh it's definitely uh you know better working from home for <laughs> me personally
0: yeah and are you in the neighborhood you're in the wicker Park neighborhood
1: yep. yep yeah I'm just down the street a couple blocks away, so it's you know super convenient too so it's uh, the walk to work uh is always a preferable thing yeah. rather than you know the hustle and bustle i mean I did the the train lines and the biking for years and, you know, while I still don't mind doing that, it's also nice not to have to do that. Yeah,
0: so. very true. Very true. Especially now with, you know, Chicago winter coming, I hear it's going to be a super fun one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you never know. So, but yeah, for yeah. sure. The uh, the winter in general, you know, obviously, you know, makes commuting not as much fun. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um Quick question, kind of circling back to like how you got started in in coding and um this line of work in particular, was there something in your life or kind of in school that you like gravitated towards this profession in particular?
1: uh you know what the thing is' it's funny is I actually really when I started college i didn't re- i didn't really like the idea of sitting in front of a computer all the time you know but the th- you know even back in the late nineties um they had like the t i eighty fives if you remember those mm-hmm. things. So, not to age myself too much, I think they still use them. But the, uh, you know, we, but you could program stuff on that. So, like, you know, we, you know, you know, for math classes or physics class, you could program stuff. So, I think, I, you know, I think the problem solving part of the aspect of it really always has been appealing to me, and it's, it's, you know, it's definitely one of those things that it's. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of like just being able to solve problems as far as computer science goes that has always been a, like attraction for me. And then I think when I went to college, I you know start like I started off in chemistry and did not necessarily enjoy all the labs, and uh, made a transition. And you know, honestly, after that, it was that same kind of problem solving continually with classes, and and you know then starting to do some of the work for some of the, uh, you know, some of these different uh, customers that I was like started working with right out of college, like the the one for my friend's uh, family business, and. You know, I think it's just the, you know, the constant of, you know, seeing somebody work or use something that you've built, even though it's not something you can hold or touch, is still there's still a lot of value to me. So that's, you know, what's kind of always kept me interested in it.
0: Oh, that's great. So do you have a degree in computer science then?
1: Yeah, actually, yes, I do. So oh, Okay, yeah. very
0: nice. All right, yeah. So that's for anybody who's uh, trying to get into the field. That's kind of where you start?
1: Uh, you know, I not necessarily. That may not be as true nowadays. Mm. Um, I mean, I think especially in the early 2000s, it probably was helpful to have that. Um, I don't know. I mean, right now, I mean, honestly, I've hired people that like, you know, have, you know, more of a certificate even. Um, You know, it's obviously preferable to have some experience, but of course, where do you get experience if you don't have it? Exactly. Um, But the, you know, the thing is, is, you know, being able to program or show the skill set of being able to do that wouldn't, wouldn't, like especially from a small business standpoint, I wouldn't necessarily hire only people that have a degree from a certain college or anything like that. You know, having some type of background or boot camp or things like that, you know, we've looked at people like that. Um, and I've hired other or people that have those types of things versus a, you know, traditional four-year college degree. But realistically, you know, it doesn't hurt to have it, Mm -hmm. but it's also one of those things I I think, you know, especially career change kind of things, actually my business partner that mentioned earlier that um, used to be my business partner, I mean, he I think he had a degree in electrical engineering Okay. and then, you know, ended up just, you know, but he was, you know, he was a couple of years older than I was, probably about 10. So I don't even know if they even had computer programming classes in the early 90s. Yeah. So, like, you know, especially, I mean, obviously, like, you know, some of the stuff for, like, .NET and Python and Perl and, you know, and like, Ruby and all these other languages that are popular now. Like, you know, they, you know, those things didn't even exist, well, when I graduated from college right, or yeah. well, when he was in college. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he he made a transition by just, you know, being able to showcase those skill sets. And, and and some of it was that he found his own customers, whether or not he would have been able to find a job as a computer software developer um, you know, like without having at least a boot camp or a certificate or something like that or just, be, you know, because I think if somebody came to me and said, oh, I just really want to learn how to program. I mean, you know, as a small business, I don't have the capacity to then take on in like an intern like that right. uh, versus somebody that, you know, either has tried it a lot themselves and, you know, and built something or built some types of systems whether or not they're, you know, for good reasons or not, but like you're just for, you know, to learn how to, to try to gain that skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, those are you know, those are things that, you know, people can do, I would think, on their own to break into an industry like this because mm-hmm. there's a lot of demand for developers to begin with. So.
0: Yeah. Well, and it seems like you, so you've been in this industry for 15 years now and kind of started in it right out of school um, and have definitely seen like you were listing off a couple of the new languages in coding and so you've seen a lot of change in the last 15 years, yeah? Correct. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, no. I mean, like all the all the technology we use today is none of the technology. I mean, the concepts are the same. Mm-hmm. Like some of the, you know, especially uh, not to get too much in nitty gritty of it, but you know, th- those those concepts, you know, are still completely valid and how they're implemented. But the, you know, some of the are t- definitely the tools, the languages, you know, some of that stuff. I mean, that's none of that stuff is the same. Yeah, as it was five years ago. Mm. So,
0: and is it exciting to be in an industry that you you're kind of watching change, and are you kind of seeing what's coming down the pipeline a little bit too?
1: Well, you know, the thing is, is some of it's you know, it's kind of like the hundred ro- or thousand roads or whatever the thing the saying is to roam. Like, you know, mm. there's you know so many different ways to get there. Yeah, you know, part of it's good. You know, like, I mean, yeah, it's 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 fun, I guess, to learn like new things all the time. Yeah. But it's also one of those things that the constant evolution of it is a little bit of a um, a challenge from a business perspective because, you know, you build tools and you build things to help you do your job better. Mm -hmm. But those things, you know, some of those things like uh, get dated, you know, quicker than you would like. And then it's a constant reinvestment in that, Mm. um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, do you have the bandwidth and do you like, so like... You know, because, like, the, the types of tools we have that we use to automate some of our processes, you know, I, I'm probably on, like, my fifth or sixth iteration of those tools themselves. And, and yeah, they grow and they change. And because then especially then you go back and look at that code and that code, like, some of that code right now on some of these things could be, like, five years old or more. And it's just, like, the way that you do things are different than the way that you do things now. and um. That's that. That's a bit of a challenge. It can be a bit of a challenge. So.
0: Okay. All right. Well, yeah. It seems like you're keeping up with it. It's been a good 15 year run so far, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned that you started before with a partner who's no longer with you, and then also mentioned that you can you kind of hire people, um, on and off. It seems like maybe you work with contractors a lot. Or tell me how you how that works at uh, the small business level, um, of working with other people.
1: Uh, yeah. M- mostly we, uh, well, just to let you know, we do mostly do contractors. Um, just because. The most of the people that we work with prefer that, um, and that's actually been a little bit of a struggle sometimes because there are people that don't necessarily want to do the con- the ten ninety nine kind of role because it is a lot more financial um, tracking and and kind of accounting stuff that they have to do versus a, a W two. Um, I mean, personally, I would do a W two. I just it's just we haven't um, actually explored that kind of route.
0: Okay. Great. How have you seen um, over the last few years of the person you founded the company with and then also hiring and having new people cycle in and out? How has it been um, managing that on the back end as kind of an employer?
1: Uh, well, you know, the, the business side of stuff of him, like the partner stuff, I mean, that that was very amicable. Like there wasn't really, you know, there's really not much to do. It's just really he got a, had other business things and being a consultancy firm you know it's one of those things if you're not it's like it's a day to day grind versus if you know i mean my vision of like producing a product and selling a product it's, it's not that that's less of a day to day grind but you know being removed from that and that's kind of why we why how that decision kind of came to be is that you know what you know his involvement kind of diminished and at a certain point you know you know like ownership is based off participation and, you know, zero participation means zero ownership. So yep. <laughs> the, uh, and then, you know, as far as like, kind of like managing, you know, uh, people, you know, it's funny that um, I always thought that the hardest thing would be finding customers in the business, but really finding good, good quality people is literally the hardest thing I find to do in business because, you know, especially as a small business, you're perceived as more of a risk, um, which is, is usually some of the hangup that we have. Yeah, yeah I've been in business for 15 years, but that's not necessarily, you know, like like the next fifteen years is more of what they're worried about, not the past fifteen years. Right. Because uh, you know, that's it's you're you are tying yourself to somebody. It's it's one of those is it is a leap of faith because you're not you know, you're on the you're kind of signing up to be on the hook to pay somebody, which is fine because you're having income you're you're depending on how your contracts are set up with your customers, you're guaranteed that money anyways. So it's it's really kind of coming to like some type of, you know, mental like kind of state for yourself that that's you know that that's okay because the first time you had to write somebody a check for you know five grand, you know it's like just feel it just feels like a lot of I mean and it is a lot of money mm-hmm. but and you haven't you may may or may not have been paid that five grand so you're kind of like you know kind of playing like the 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 balancing act of the cash flow kind of fun stuff but. Realistically, it's kind of one of those things of like trusting, like you know, trusting or throwing a lot of trust both into your customers and to your your uh, your employee that they're going to do that they're going to do a good job and the or the customers are going to like what they get and aren't going to fight you too much on payment. So
0: yeah, all right. Seems like you managed against pretty good through the last fifteen years, so that's good. Um, Who I guess this is a good question to ask if you are looking for people to hire. What's like the best? Maybe tips or tricks that you found um, in hiring contract workers because that's pretty popular in small businesses to have, you know, contract people come on for either small projects or um, I know in your field, it's maybe a little bit more common for people to do like a freelance position. Uh, What would you recommend to other people who are hiring for those smaller roles?
1: Uh, I mean, most of what we've done is like kind of like is it's mostly kind of I think some of the obvious stuff like there's a lot of like online. Uh, sites like uh, what is it uh, like Indeed and and some of those uh, simple hire simply hired or, and I can't can't think of some of them off the top of my head but those are usually those have been very uh, beneficial. It used to be all Craigslist honestly mm. oh, yeah. and like and now Craigslist to me has all been at least in my industry is all people outside the country looking to do remote work. Which while remote work is health or, you know is beneficial, I, I personally prefer to be able to be at least in the same city as somebody. Or at least be you know be, you know especially before all the COVID stuff, uh, you know because there's only so much I feel like over Zoom that you can really like from at least my industry like be able to pass on or take away from a conversation. So it's funny though know, you know being in technology, some of those those things I I just don't I I'm still personally a little hesitant about actually you know relying on a hundred percent of the interactions between myself and my employees, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's a different world, even though your profession is in, you know, the online world, The there's still that personal part that you got to take care of on the offside too. Um, but yeah. All right. Um, I just want to ask, so what kind of uh, general services does Third Coast Coding provide?
1: So, I mean, basically what our, the way that we work is um, we meet with our customers to try to uh, like help facilitate, you know, to make their business run more or run smoother. So it's kind of understanding what their business processes are and then, you know, making some type of software solution that will, you know, help them track information better, be able to communicate better internally and, you know, provide like better oversight, you know, for their, their business in general.
0: Okay. And who's uh, your ideal client?
1: Uh, it's not really like a particular industry. It's more like usually it's, um, people that are, you know, pretty self-motivated in, in, in and of their self because usually a lot of the stuff that we like or that I personally like to work on usually sits more in the center of a center of the business. So it's something that people are interacting with every day. I mean, most of our, most of our systems, you know, like our, you know, production live systems that people are on starting, you know, depending on what part of the country they're in. Could be like you know starting at six a.m. all the way till like you know six eight p.m. Monday through Friday, and so like with those types of customers, usually the upper management or the owner, depending on the size of the company, are, are very well involved with the process, what features need to be there, how it's supposed to work, and what it's supposed to do. So you, so that's the type of customer that we're typically kind of looking for is somebody that also has a good you know, g- good commitment, they may not know exactly what they need or what they want because that's not their, that's not their, you know, business um, or not really their skill set or they don't really know, like they don't know what's possible. But then it's, you know, for us to then help them kind of guide them through that process. But their, their dedication or involvement to the, to the project is, is usually paramount because then if, you know, if they give us a project and then they're, you know, kind of MIA and we're trying to get information from them, those are usually the ones that end up costing more and being more of a problematic for us because, you know, then us trying to get information back out of them and not hold up for deadlines is usually the problem that then, you know, causes, it, causes a little tension.
0: Got so. it. So a little bit of self-motivation on the side of the client as well helps because you're oh. obviously motivated to, to, to do a good job for them, but they got to have a little give and take, huh? Yep. All right. Uh, so my last question then is, what is some advice that you would give, regardless of industry, to another small business? You've you've had this business for 15 years. You've gone through, obviously, some phases um, uh, and, you know, different people in and out the door. Um, what is the kind of overall advice you would give?
1: Well, I would probably say uh, probably the pretty most common one that people, like, say is you got to do what you love. And the thing is, is, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you say, why am I waking up to go do this? Probably not where you should be. The uh, if you wake up and you do enjoy it, I mean, yeah, there's struggles and there's like you know ups and downs to the uh, to the whole process. But realistically, you know, it's and you know maybe there's some times that you're not sure whether or not you're going to make it or not. But and you know and that's you know that still happens. I mean, you still you know worry about that stuff. But the you know waking up and wanting to go and do it. I mean, if you want to go do it, you know, I mean, you're going to make it happen. So.
0: Yeah, that's some great advice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Chad, so much for coming on Small Business Stories presented by Offix. Uh, we're happy to have you here as a tenant. You, like you said, you've been here for a year now almost, coming up on a year of being at Offix, and we've loved having you. So I've only known you for about six months, but it's been it's been a good time so far. Um, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy it.
0: This has been Small Business Stories. Special thank you again to our listeners and to our guest, Chad, for sharing his story. If you found our show to be valuable, please share with your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe for free so that you never miss an episode. Small Business Stories is brought to you by the team at Offix and produced by Dante32.